Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. On the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard, hope you're wearing maroon today. Hope you have the opportunity to celebrate Maroon Friday as you wish. If I sound a little different, and I believe that I do, I've had a lot of human interaction this morning. I got in late, late night, in Brandon, Mississippi, at Bonnie Blair's, which was great. Never been there before. I will be back. So great. Such a great, cool place right there off Old Fannin Road. Had an opportunity to watch Faster Pussycat play last night for the first time. I've seen just about every band from the 80s uh, 
hard rock genre, had not seen Faster, saw them last night, had a chance to meet those guys. It was a tremendous experience, enjoyed the venue, enjoyed the band. I will be going back to see Faster Pussycat again. I'll be going back to Bonnie Blair's again. Uh, and so one of the things that is that I love about all this, and, uh, and, and listen, I want to thank you guys too. Those of you that know that I love uh, 80s metal, that didn't tell me that L.A. Guns was playing uh, at the highway here recently, I want to I thank you for not telling me because I've never seen them either. And I would have loved to have gone and bought some merch and had a good time. But alas, that was not available. But that all that being said, you know, one of the things that I thought about last night, and, um, you know, I, I am a guy that uh, I go to a lot of shows. I, I didn't go to as many this past year because of the fact that uh, I spent a lot more time covering college baseball. But, uh, you know, about halfway through the set, you know, you, I began to kind of forget about all the stuff that bothers me. You know, you forget about, you know, we've got this coming up, and I'm going to have two girls in, in college this year, and there's all these things, and I've got, I've got a book tour coming up. But about halfway through the set, none of that mattered to me anymore. I, I didn't think about any of that. I didn't think about the people that were around me. And what I mean by that is I, I was not cognizant of their feelings about me, my presence being there down front, rocking out, having a good time. I was just able to relax, and all of a sudden I was, you know, 16, 17 years old again, and just kind of enjoying the show. And uh, I, I can tell you that's very therapeutic for me, and as you can tell from my voice today, I sang along to every song. All of them, I knew just about all of them, but I sang along the top of my lungs. And, and I'm reminded sometimes that we, as grown folks, you know, when you, when you become a parent, you have a different kind of fun. And I used to tell people, you know, before my oldest kid was born, I didn't know what fun was. And that's the absolute truth. My, my kids are the greatest joy of my life, without question. But sometimes, you know, you get a little older, or you, you're able to get a babysitter or whatever, you know, and you're able to get out and kind of and remember who you were before all of that, you know, because there, there are some things that were important to you long before you put your wife in a minivan, and long before you spent all your money on welcome mats and, you know, new cutlery for the kitchen and all that kind of stuff, and you started having to wear those shirts you didn't want to wear. You know what I'm saying? And so it's good to kind of get back to your authentic self. And so I was able to do that, and and I thought to myself, and, and Sam Denton, who has become a good friend, uh, Sam uh, spent some time with him last night and some friends of his, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I told him is like, you know, I have such a good time going to these shows, especially the bands from the 80s. And I'm sure, you know, you know, Ping Pong Paris and those guys, you know, for them, it's, it's, if they could go see the Allman Brothers again, they would. You know, if they, they could go see Leonard Skinner again, the real Leonard Skinner, they would. You know, so I think the bands of your youth, the bands of your teenage years, those are the ones that kind of shape you and mold your musical interest. But... I have so much fun going to these shows and reconnecting and just, you know, it's kind of like that little speech that um, that Patrick Swayze gives in Point Break about when he goes surfing. It's a place where you lose yourself and you find yourself. That, that That's me at a rock show. It's the place where nothing else really matters. All the bills that I've got to pay, all the responsibilities that I have, for just for a couple of hours, I can kind of sit that aside 
and kind of find the center of who I am again. And so why would I deny myself that opportunity? Yeah, I know it's a it's a Thursday night, and for many people it's a work night. We had a good crowd last night, especially for a smaller club. But uh, it's just like, you know, we need to do more of those kinds of things. We need to do more of what makes us happy. You know, because there is enough of this nonsense, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to stop preaching here in a minute. We're going to talk Mississippi State defense, okay? But uh, this is just something that was on me today. You know, we need to do more of those things that kind of allow us to be free. And, uh, and so I encourage you, whatever that is, you know, for me, for me it's, it's going to see an 80s, you know, hairband, you know, and, uh, and I'll go see them all. You know, any of them that come to Mississippi or within a reasonable driving distance, I'll do my best to go. But, uh, you know, for you, maybe that's not your cup of tea. You know, maybe it's, you know, going and playing golf or whatever. Maybe it's baking for, you know, the neighborhood kids or working at your church or whatever. But those things that get us out of the mundane minutia of life, we need to do more of that. At least I do. Maybe I'm alone. I don't think so. I want to thank our, our friends at Campus Bookmart, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. I can guarantee you she's enjoyed some hair metal over the years. Uh, they're going to be there to serve you at Campus Bookmart. They'll treat you like family because you are family. I love going in there. Everybody's face in the place lights up. And, and that's not unique to me. Listen, I don't believe that it is. There are so many people that have told me that they did not frequent Campus Bookmart until they began sponsoring this show several years ago now. And then they just become a regular stop for them. And that makes me really happy, number one, because it means that you guys are awesome. And you're listening to the show and supporting our sponsors. But the folks at Campus Bookmark, they're fine folks doing a great business. So we encourage you to go by, be a part of that. And if you can't make it to town, we encourage you to, to frequent their website. You can find them at campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, you can get free shipping on all orders over $50 by using promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And again, that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. So uh, let's talk a little Bulldog football here. And, uh, you know, you guys got four boneyards this week. And it's supposed to be a, a dead week. You know what I'm saying? SEC Media Days next week. This is supposed to be the, the, the final week, and you guys got four. And, and, again, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, kind of recapping the chalk talk with, uh, with Joe Moorhead, it was outstanding. And I have spoken with some Mississippi State officials since that event. And, and that's something we plan to continue. And that's great. I think it's wonderful. Uh, but a lot of people kind of reached out, you know, said, hey, what did you think about the Chalk Talk thing? I said, well, you know, guys, I like it so much I did a bonus show about it. How about that? So go listen to the show and get my exact thoughts. But uh, I just like the fact that at Mississippi State, they're willing to try and do something a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's be willing to kind of pull the curtain back and give everybody an opportunity to kind of see behind the scenes what really goes on, kind of see the nuts and bolts of this thing and not just go out there and play a football game and say, okay, what are your questions? But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, speaking to our media peers, I mean, I think everybody that went enjoyed the experience. I think we all felt, number, number one, better educated. And, number two, I think just the willingness for Joe Moorhead and Mississippi State to say, hey, let, let, let's all get together a little bit and just kind of talk shop a little bit. We don't do enough of that, okay? And for us in, in the industry, sometimes you kind of get on that hamster wheel of, okay, we'll do a game preview and a player feature, then a game recap, and then we'll do a sidebar maybe, and then we're going to do, you know, give you our thoughts and analysis. And so you kind of get on that because that's what people are used to. And so when you get something like this, it gives you some kind of unique content opportunities. 
but uh, you know anything that kind of changes the routine up a little bit's a good thing. And uh, so it's great, 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 great stuff. Now Joe didn't want to talk about teams, didn't want to talk about personnel groups or anything like that. We're going to talk about some of that. He's going to talk about it uh, next week at SEC Media Days, and then uh, our guy Dave Murray will go cover for us. I'm, I'm sure Robbie will be there. I'm sure Robbie Fox is going to make a trip over as well. So we'll have full coverage over there. I, I'm not planning to go over there to Hoover, but uh, that's kind of Dave's thing. You know, Dave's been going forever and a day. He loves going. I have been a couple times. It uh, other than the fact that we get a little bit of an ex parte um, meeting with the local media away from the dais, you know, away from the grind of the SEC Media Day stuff, you know, and um, there's just one of those things about Mississippi State this year too at Media Days is there's just not that burning issue, you know what I mean? There's just not that, okay, this is a team that uh, is expected to compete against Alabama for the West. There's not that expectation this year, for better or for worse. But also too, there, you know, there's not any controversy around any of the players. There's not, you know, we, we have been very, very fortunate this offseason. And a lot of that, too, and Mike Nemeth and I, just, we spoke about this, you know, about one of the comments I made on the show the other day about, you know, Dan Mullen didn't recruit bad actors to Mississippi State. That's not limited to football. You know, that that's kind of the culture. That's kind of how things are at Mississippi State. We kind of recruit a certain skill set. We recruit a certain demographic. We recruit a certain mindset of kids that come in here, and we attract those people. And I, John Cohen told me something years ago and uh, he attributes this comment to Butch Thompson. And, uh, man, how we love Butch Thompson here at Mississippi State, even though he's at Auburn. You know, he, he'll always be one of us. Born and raised in Amory, Mississippi, right? He's always, always be one of us. Uh, and I'm sure in many respects, Auburn's probably most people's second favorite SEC baseball team, right? We want Butch to do well, just not better than us. But all that being said, Butch made a comment about you recruit who you are. Now, you can go out there and try to change your, you know, change your identity a little bit, but you recruit who you are. That's who you attract. You attract people who are similarly situated to you. And when you begin to look at our roster, and, and that's one of the things John Cohen said, too, about when we, we, I interviewed him about Jake Mangum earlier this year. And he goes, you know, it's not just limited to Jake. Even though Jake's willing to give everybody their five minutes and take everybody's picture and sign every baseball and smile for every picture and make everybody feel like that they're important to him because they are, that's not limited to Jake. While Jake, I think, is a very special individual, you go up and down the athletic programs at Mississippi State, and that is that is the rule rather than the exception, is that these players are very giving of themselves, giving of their time. They never act like they're too busy, you know, and what Vic Schaefer has built – and it's the expectation. Those, those ladies come in here understanding, you know what, after each ball game, there's going to be a rush of people and little girls and families and people like that. They're going to want to get your picture, and, and they're going to want to touch you. They're just going to want to say thank you. And so there's this relationship between the Mississippi State student athlete and the Mississippi State fan base that is very, very healthy. And there are some other programs within our conference that they have a relationship between fans and athletes that it's not that it's not healthy it's not healthy at all and so when you look at what's happening here because it's about a family atmosphere uh, it, it makes you feel okay if this is who we are and for those of you that have read the uh the stanford coaches wise blog post about their experience here at duty noble field it it it, it will make you so unbelievably proud 
it's almost like one of us wrote it. But, you know, really back on point is that um, you, you recruit your identity. Those are the kids that commit to come be a part of your program. And so when they value what we value, then all of a sudden they find home. They find family here. And so we have not had that issue. And so, and listen, there's always some things that we're unaware of. You know, this time last year, I don't think we knew that Nick Fitzgerald was going to be sitting out. We'd heard some rumors that uh, Nick might be suspended for the opener, but we, but that's all it was. It was just, hey, you know, we're hearing some things. Nobody would want to you know, qualify that on the record, and then we find out, you know, right before the ball game, you know, a few days ahead of time, Nick releases a statement that he's not playing, and you know, it might have been an SEC media days. I don't even remember when exactly that happened, but uh, you know, there might be something like that that pops up between now and you, Lafayette. But by and large, we've we've pretty much been immune from that. You know, I'll, 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 I'll be surprised, however, if everybody is available. Because there's always something. There's all. There's always something. You know, there's some you know unspecified rules violation. Nothing that's ever major. There's always something. You know, that 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 happens maybe between the bowl game and the season opener. Um, you know that 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 requires some some disciplinary action. But uh, but let's let's talk a little defense here, and uh, let's talk about what we've got coming back. And and I th- I think, you know, I think it all starts up front, uh, because that's where I think our issues are. And what I mean by that is is that's where I think we have the biggest losses, and and we don't necessarily have comparable players in every position up front to uh to kind of just re- reload We've got some talent there but uh you're talking about replacing a pair of first round draft picks i i don't know that we have that on the roster then we've got some really good players i don't think we have any i don't we don't have a jeff simmons or a montez sweat and so let's start at defensive end which i believe will be the strong suit of the defensive front now, King Ani is here. I, I don't expect him to play much this year. And uh, there are a lot of people out there, in many respects, I think have kind of placed an unfair burden on him. You know, he, he played – they won a state championship in high school. But, uh, you know, they, at Davidson Academy. But this is going to be a big step up from private school ball in Tennessee to the Southeastern Conference. So if he can come in and be a third-down pass rusher at times, that's going to be big. But I'm not expecting a whole lot from him this year. He's going to wear number four as of now. And we will have an updated roster uh, shortly after media days. Might even get it on media day. And then we'll have it on campus media day. We're going to start, you know, fall camp August 2nd, I believe is correct. But, uh, but King Ani is a kid that uh, we, we look at him long term. His best football obviously will come later in his career. And uh, he is a bit of a developmental guy. You know, while he had four stars next to his name coming out of high school, you know, that's based on potential, not necessarily production, okay? And so anybody, if he didn't go out there and, and set the woods on fire as a freshman this year, nobody needs to think, oh, my gosh, he's a bust. That's just not who he is. It's going to take a little time. He's a tremendous athlete that's still kind of learning to play football, if that makes sense to you. Now, Chauncey Rivers is is, is an interesting player because uh, – I don't know if you if you guys go back and watch the Egg Bowl if you haven't already, you, and you'll notice that we do line him up in some inside sets, and uh, and that's something that I think maybe that I had overlooked a little bit. You know, I don't think that he is a guy that plays D tackle regularly, but especially in passing downs, you know, I kind of like the fact that we can stunt with a guy like Chauncey Rivers because he ha- he has the girth to get in there and get physical but he also has the explosiveness to really get wide if necessary and kind of rush off the edge. 
But this is the money year for Chauncey. You know, and I think when we first signed him, I don't think anybody expected he would still be here in year three because we didn't expect him to have to have that uh, academic red shirt. And then I think there were some people that thought he might uh, test the draft waters last year. He didn't. But this is a real chance for him to be, number one, a you know, a day one starter and a guy that really gets his due. You know, he's kind of bided his time, and uh, he has been very productive when he has been in the ball games. But it's one of those things, too, that uh, – due to the talent of some of the guys that were ahead of him, he didn't always get the snaps perhaps that he deserved. I expect him to have a huge year for us. If he comes in, stays healthy, because I know how hard he works, and everybody will tell you that he is a guy that has explosive ability. He can be a star for us uh, on that defensive front, and I think most people are expecting that, and we need him to be. Moving along here, you know, Aaron Odom's a guy. Uh, it's a sophomore now. You know, had had the, the hard redshirt year, you know, because they, he was uh, – in part of the old school redshirt rules, you know, played a little bit last year. You know, he is a guy we need. This is when you begin to kind of make your jump, okay? This is when you go from being just kind of a, you know, a reserve guy that's kind of eating up snaps late in the ball game to kind of save some wear and tear on the starters. This is the year where he needs to get in the rotation a little bit. And he, he is another guy that's an explosive player. And, uh, you know, I, I remember – you know, talking with some of the defensive staff when he got up here, there were a lot of people that thought, well, he's a bit of a developmental guy. And then when he gets here, he proves to be a little better uh, than we expected. And so now it's time for him to, to make the jump. You know, I, th- I think another thing too, and I'm not necessarily saying this about Aaron particularly, but uh, I think when you're a guy that understands you're not going to be on the too deep, there is a it's only human nature to maybe throttle down a little bit. And now all of a sudden that you see that uh, you've graduated some very good players and some of the guys ahead of you, a little more experienced than you, perhaps even a little more talented than you, have, have moved on. You know, Now it's time to gear down again and let's go get, get, get after it. I expect Aaron to be a guy, as we get into the fall, that we will begin to see some things happen for him. Now, perhaps the greatest addition to the Mississippi State active roster this year is Marquis Spencer. You say, well, Steve, well, he was here last year. Yeah, but he redshirted last year. And so he got that year back. People forget that he, you know, he enrolled in college at 17 years of age. The guy, you know, he, he reclassified and basically skipped the whole year of high school and uh, is able to, uh, to, to enroll early. And so he kind of gets that year back. But we needed him because we were so thin you know, back in 16, on the defensive front, we had to have him. And so he played, and then last year he had to have he had to get some surgery and get some things cleaned up. And, uh, you know, Marquise is one of these guys. A lot of people think that he's an NFL guy. I, I happen to agree with them. And so you redshirt him last year. It gives him a year to get completely healthy, gives his body a chance to recover a little bit, and then also, too, to be a little more physically mature. We kind of threw him to the wolves out of necessity and it may not have been the best thing for him but it was the best thing for us at that time and then you know in 17 he was kind of up and down a little bit you know because he was never completely healthy and uh so now he is and so getting him back this is a guy at 6'4 285 long arms great wingspan and when people go scout us uh, i think a lot of people are gonna they're gonna overlook him because he didn't play last year he won't even appear on the film but uh, he is a guy that can be a difference maker. I don't think he has that same explosive first step 
is Montez Sweat, and he's also carrying a little more weight, but he is a guy that I expect to be in the backfield with regularity. You know, Fletcher Adams, not the uh, not blessed with maybe the same frame as some of the guys, but, man, what a productive player he's been. He's just simply a grinder. When he gets in the game, and this is a, he's a senior now, and, you know, and he's another guy, too, that's kind of been buried at times on the depth chart. But when he's in the game, it's like he's always around the football. Need a big year for him. You know, and he's a guy that he doesn't have ideal size, you know, at 6'2", but he's got an ideal motor, and he's got an ideal work ethic. Uh, and so expecting him, you know, to have his best year of his career because he's going to play a lot more. And when you begin to look at these options, you know, defensive end, you start thinking, oh, well, wait a minute now. You know, Steve, we got, we got four stars up and down this personnel group here. Because you forget the fact that Kobe Jones is out there just kind of lying in the weeds. You know, Kobe Jones is a guy last year that, you know, that, that really pushed to get on the field more. You know, and, and Kobe's just really beginning to realize his potential as a junior. You know, really expecting him to – this is the year, this is the Kobe Jones jump year. I remember when he was in high school, some people would say, well, you know, he, he takes some plays off. You know, when on that dominant defense that he was on that had, uh, you know, future division one signees at every level of defense that was winning state championships, yeah, he took some plays off because he could afford to. It's a different deal now, and Kobe has kind of found the groove as a college football player. And I expect this to be the Kobe Jones jump year. I don't think there's any question. I, I think last year could have been that year, but because of the, the talent in front of him, and the way the rotation worked, he just simply didn't get the opportunity. But, but he made the most of his opportunities when he's in the ballgame. Sherman Timms is a guy that walked on from Indianola Academy, a probably good depth guy there. Not, not exactly sure how much he plays, but, uh, you know, he'll be a guy that, w- that we'll see. You know, we'll see him out there. But when you begin to think about this group and, and what you've signed at defensive end, King Ani's a four-star, Chauncey Rivers a former four-star, Aaron Odom a former four-star, Marky Spencer a four-star, Fletcher Adams a four-star, Kobe Jones a four-star. Okay, so we talk, and there's all this talk about talent. And uh, and I love the people, most of the people that will make these assessments about talent are not talent evaluators. You know what I'm saying? It's just these, they're just people that just go read recruiting rankings and they don't look at the total picture. This is a personnel group here that is a perfect example of why those people have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah, we, we lost Montez Sweat, but it's not like we're fixing to you know to, to roll a uh, Division II FCS backup practice squad quality group out there. These these are guys that have played a lot of snaps. They may not have the same resume. They may not have they may not have the same ability, but these guys can play. We're going to be really good on the edge. I don't think there's any question. I think that's one of the things that people need to go ahead and prepare for because I'm about to talk about defensive tackle, and it's going to scare you a little bit, okay? But because of the fact that you've got some options at end, you know, and maybe, maybe you slide Marquis Spencer in inside in, in that old Prowler package, you know, like we used to run with Preston Smith and and Chris Jones. You know, we'd have we'd have you know those guys, you know, Chris line up over the, over the center, and use his quickness to get into the backfield. But you rest assured, as much as you and I want to worry about it, Bob Shoup's already got it figured out in many respects. He's already figured out, okay, this is what I want to do. Here's what we want to do in these situations. So you've got some pieces at end 
that'll generate a pass rush. You've got some guys out there that can set an edge for you. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that personnel group. Now, looking at a defensive tackle, I am not nearly as excited about this group. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to be fair about this and qualify this. This, again, has nothing to do with long-term ability. It's just got to do with experience because of, of not just the fact that we lose Jeffrey Simmons. Guys, we lost just about the entire three deep at D-tackle and nose tackle. On the interior, you know, one of the only guys that really returns, you know, with, with any resume whatsoever is Lee Autry. Uh, you know, Lee is a guy that, you know, has been here and uh, you know, kind of took him half a year to figure it out. He was very productive down the stretch. But outside of that, we're going to be playing with a very relatively inexperienced group. Now, uh, Devin Robinson's a guy out of Memphis. We think long-term he's going to be a really good player. And he might be able to, to kind of step into that this year. And he, he was a guy that, uh, you know, State got on early. We got him committed and, and uh, you know, wasn't sure if he was a defensive end or a defensive tackle. But he gets in here and he gets in the weight room. Next thing you know, he's 300 pounds. Fabian Lovett, people, regret, people forget – what a big recruiting win that was for Joe Moorhead. Arguably the biggest recruiting win of that first year, that first class. Fabian D commits, and there's all this old Miss chatter, and, you know, I think a lot of us were ready to concede him to Ole Miss, and he comes back around, and there's the whole drama of his dad not wanting to sign the National Letter of Intent because he wanted him to go to Florida and play for Todd Grantham and that bunch down there. But it all worked out. He's here. And he's, he's the next big thing on the inside. You know, he and Nathan Pickering, you know, those guys, you know, we're, we're going to have some future NFL guys lining up at defensive tackle, but they've just got to learn to play at this level. Jaden Crumberty was a guy that was a real difference maker in the spring, and he was a guy, if you remember, he was signed as an end, and then within the, his senior year, I think he puts on 25 pounds, and then he puts on another 20 when he gets here. Now he's 6'5", 300 pounds. And he is the guy that really kind of changed the game a little bit, you know, when uh, in the spring. He was the guy that got in there and got to work, and, and there were several of our coaches. As you know, things things got a little smoother with Crumbity in there on the interior. You know, Ken Do- Kendall Jones was a guy that had, that had had a good early spring and had some good bowl practices, and then he gets injured. And people forget, you know, he's he's a senior. Kendall's been here forever. And so you begin to look at this and think, okay, well, he's a senior. This is a guy. But he, but he hadn't played a whole lot. You know, he, he doesn't have a lot of snaps under his belt, despite the fact he's got two letters to his name. Then there's Cameron Young out of uh, Franklin County. And I'll tell you, you know, Bob Shoup has shared with me before. He said Cameron Young is going to be the typical Mississippi State story. And what he meant by that was a typical small-town kid not a lot of skill refinement out of high school, not highly heralded as a player. And then he shows up here, and, and then he kind of figures it out in college. Great athlete, country-strong kid, you know, not not too far from Bude, Mississippi. I think his home is actually Crosby. But uh, that whole neck of the woods down there, those kids kind of come up hard. And what I mean by that is they understand what work is. You know, they're not sitting around every day playing uh, NBA 2K. A lot of those kids have to get out and go do something, and, and Cam's one of those guys. And so this is a guy, in many respects, it kind of gonna be, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of that whole Antonio Johnson deal, you know, where he comes in and you're like kind of he kind of quietly puts it together, and then he becomes an NFL player. 
And that's kind of how Cam Young, you know, I see that progression with him if he stays healthy. And so, again, you have some size and you have some talent on the interior. It's just now about teaching them to play because they're going to go up against some very experienced interior offensive linemen. And there are going to be people out there that are going to be able to take advantage of their youth. And so it's going to take some time to figure this thing out. That's the biggest concern. Again, plenty of talent. You, know, you, you can run the numbers down here and you can see, not to mention Nathan Picker and those guys are joining the fold there. But you've got some returning guys that should be able to get, get you in the rotation and be able to be competitive. Now it's just a matter of kind of figuring it out, figuring out the roles. I want to remind you, too, speaking of, speaking of roles and, and things like that, Bulldog Burger Company – you will not find a better restaurant quality hamburger city of Mississippi. You need to make sure when you're in town, and now's a perfect time to come. You know, I, I encourage you guys to come to Starville when it's a non-game day so you can kind of enjoy all of our merchants here in town. And then you need to spend your lunch hour at Bulldog Burger Company. Or maybe you, you spend your evening hours there and you go by and you have an adult beverage. But you need to find your favorites. And, you know, maybe you don't want a hamburger. Maybe the kids do. You can go in there and you can have the BLT salad. You can have the Kale State salad. If, you, if, you, if you're one of those uber-healthy people, go have the Kale State salad. Uh, you can have the Sweet Heat chicken sandwich. So it's not just a burger joint, even though it is the burger joint. And so we encourage you to go by. It's where the cool kids go to break bread. Follow them on all forms of social media. Keep up with daily specials. And if you just want a good straight-ahead restaurant-quality hamburger, you can get the Bulldog. That'll cure what ails you. But I'm, I'm a little more exotic. You know, I kind of like the Pimentology ad bacon. I encourage you to go find your favorites. Bulldog Burger Company, the closest restaurant to campus, and the place in Starkville where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So we've talked about the front four. Now let's look at the back seven, and that's really where the strength of the defense is. Concerned about D tackle, feel really good about the defensive end. Feel really good. I won't say that I feel great, but I feel really good. Now, we get the fall camp, I might feel great once I get through that. But, uh, but it's because of the fact I think we got to mix and match a little bit to kind of help those tackles out. You know, that's a concern. This linebacker group, I don't have that feeling about them. I, I am not the least bit concerned at linebacker. Uh, let's, I think in my mind, to me, it starts with Willie Gay because I think Willie is a difference maker, and I think Willie found his confidence last year. You know, he went on the road at Alabama and um, had as good a game as anybody's had against Alabama in a long time. Really, really played well. He is uh, 6'2", 235, and an absolute freak of an athlete. You know, people talk about playing against the spread. Willie Gay was born and created in the mind of our Heavenly Father to play linebacker against a spread offense. I mean, his skill set is absolutely perfect. He is a guy that understands pursuit. He has the foot speed to get here, get there, and he will absolutely plow your field. Big hitter, aggressive, emotional player. We don't need him to spin the football, okay? And you know I'm talking about that egg ball thing. But he's always around the football. And that's what good instincts and good speed will do for you. And then when you add some good coaching into it, you know, this is – and that's one of the things where I think Willie has made the biggest jump as a player is play recognition. Yeah, there were times, you know, as a freshman, he's just kind of running around out there getting by on athleticism. But if you look at him last year, his pursuit angles are a little more direct. 
He understands you got to get out there and, get, and set the edge. you got to get outside and be able to penetrate and kind of push things back. He has become a much better team player at linebacker. And I think there is a very, very good chance this is his final year of college football. I think he is a guy because of – he will test off the charts when he goes to NFL Combine because he's going to run so well. He is a smart, articulate guy that gets it. He is a coachable kid that has a high football IQ. And I don't know that he had that when he got here. I think he had the ability to learn those things. But when you talk to him now, there is just simply a quiet confidence with Willie Gay. I think he's going to be a superstar this year. And I think – and especially when you consider the fact that the defense is kind of evolving a little bit. You know, you're not going to have – two first-round draft picks up there kind of occupying everybody. Willie's got to be a bigger part of the blitz package. And so, again, I think it starts in it with Willie Gay. Leo Lewis, a senior. I think many people, if we had told you, you know, four years ago he'd still be here, you'd probably be surprised. Surprised that he redshirted and surprised that he did not forego his senior season. But he's back, 6'2", 245. Showed some flashes last year, a little inconsistent at times, but – I really felt like last year was his best year. And I know that that redshirt freshman year, you know, he had the big egg bowl, and people remember that because of how big that meant, the big that game was to Mississippi State. But I think Coach Shoup knew how to use Leo better last year. You know, I remember the Kansas State game, he comes in here and we get that stupid penalty. It was absolutely atrocious. Gave them a touchdown. Gave them a touchdown. They call that, I guess, targeting penalty on Leo Lewis, and all he does is all he does is make a clean play. The ball comes out. We recover the fumble, and then, and then the the biased officials give them the football back. But all that said, I thought Leo last year showed a lot more of what he could be. Now it's just a matter of him being a little more consistent. And that's one of the things too. Like when you think about Errol and you think about Willie Gay, it's a little it's a little different. Their demeanor is a little different. You know, Leo is kind of that old school linebacker. You know, and like you, you see him off the field, and uh, you know he's kind of a happy-go-lucky kid. And you see him on the field, he he kind of, he kind of plays with chip on the shoulder. And I believe if we can channel that into the right direction, you know, he can have his best years as a bulldog. And we need him to. We need him to because I really believe because of the lack of depth of defensive tackle, our linebackers are are, are going to take a bit of a beating in some ball games. And so there's going to be a lot of reps to share. It's because it's going to be difficult to keep those offensive guards off of those linebackers. And so they're, they're going to face some, some real challenges. And so we need Leo to kind of step up and, and, and be a guy this year. Uh, we get into Nathaniel Watson. He is a guy, too, that he drew some rave reviews in fall camp. You know, he, his head was really swimming for a while. And then we got into this, you know, and I remember talking to Tim Luca, but we said, you know, Watson's going to be a kid that's going to figure it out. Right now, very similar to Willie Gay getting by on athleticism. You know, people forget uh, Nathaniel Watson thought he was a wide receiver, you know, and was a little bit hesitant, you know, to make the move to linebacker. And now he's embraced it. And, uh, you know, th- there were some reports last year, you know, people were saying, well, you know, he's probably going to do this, and he might be, you know, might be a guy that, that – those were unfounded reports, Okay, those were casual observer reports. Talking to Tim Lukabu and Bob Shoup, they felt last year needed to be a teaching and learning year for Nathaniel Watson. Well, he's got that year under his belt. 
He's got the benefit of a, another spring under his belt. Now it's time for him to put that to work. And that that whole trio there of Aaron Brule and Fenya Watts and Jed Johnson, this is a year now where I think you can see the, the benefits of them having that redshirt year. Really ready to see what those kids can do. You know, Aaron Brule played a little bit last year. That's one of the things I think is rather interesting is that when, when they did have to press one of those younger linebackers into service, it was Brule. It wasn't Nate Watson. It wasn't Jay Johnson. And now Jet, of course, is really more of a Mike linebacker, you know, which is it's a different skill set in today's spread. When you play these, when you play four three, you know, a guy like Jet's going to be in the middle. But uh, but Brule was the kid that got pushed into action last year when we, when we needed an extra linebacker. And he is a guy that I think you know of of that group among the most explosive. And, and I think Brule is a guy. I think he is a star in the making. This may not be the jump year for him. You know, this is the year, you know, when you get in the rotation, you kind of figure some things out. And then that second year after you've had that first full year of play and the game kind of slows down for you. So I'm looking for Brule to really be a dude more next year. And I think next year he'll be in a starting role, to be honest with you. I think 2020, when you look at what state's losing at linebacker, I think Brule is a guy that will be a big part of things in 2020. And this year is, is, is kind of more than just getting your feet wet. This year is, you know, listen, you're part of our game plan. You'll be part of the rotation. So eager to see what he can do. Now, Shamar Kilby Lane has essentially been a special teams guy. He's played a little bit at times. You know, he got hurt last year and uh, kind of worked through that. And uh, I'm eager to see what he can do because I remember what the coaches at Cole Lynn told me when he was healthy that he was an explosive player. Then he gets up here and, and then, and then he, gets, he gets dinged up a little bit. And so – uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. But, again, he's one of those seniors, and you begin to think about, you know, the potential losses at the position, uh, that's one of them. You know, there, there's no question that uh, that that's – you need some guys to go down there on kickoff coverage and blow people up. That's the reality. Even you, you're, you're not going to have your starters out there doing that sometimes. You know, and so that's his role in the team right now. And if he can add anything more than that, then, then that's great. And then you get to Errol Thompson, the captain of the Bulldog defense. As a junior, as a junior, I think it's a, that's a big statement. There's two reasons that I say that. Number one, it tells me that the most vocal voice in the room from a leadership standpoint is coming from a junior. So maybe that challenges some of the seniors a little bit. But it also speaks to the testament, pardon me, to the, the, the commitment to excellence of Errol Thompson. And the fact that he has earned the respect of his team as a junior. Errol is a guy that uh, has improved. I mean, he's kind of grown up in front of us, you know. And, and you remember, you know, he was an Alabama Auburn guy pretty early on, and then, you know, they they go to camps, and Errol didn't go, and they liked to go with some different players. And then the next thing you know, Errol's at Mississippi State, and I and I suspect that they probably there's some schools in Alabama that are probably thinking, you know, what well, we might have taken, we we might have. Might have should have been a little more patient with that kid. You know, Errol's a guy that's going to be a big-time player at Mississippi State. And Errol's a guy that the people need to go ahead and be prepared that he's going to be a problem for the next two years. Now, I suspect that he'll go test the waters this year, but I think he'll be back as a senior because I don't think he's a guy that's going to test exceptionally well. You know, I, I don't think that he's a combine freak. I think he is a game-day freak. I think he does his best talking on the field. So his game tape will be great. And I think that uh, maybe his testing numbers m- may just kind of be – pretty good and so I think that 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 recipe leads me to believe that he'll be back as a senior but this year 
you know, he's going to be the guy making all the calls and the checks and that sort of stuff, and, and it's going to be a big part of things. A lot's going to be on his shoulders this year. It's going to be a lot, especially, uh, as I mentioned, you're not going to have that same front kind of keeping people off of you. And so how he responds to that will probably likely determine you know, his professional football future. I mentioned Jet Johnson. You know, I, I think Jet's a guy that will play a good bit this year, um, probably a lot on special teams and probably some of the reserve. But, again, like Watson and Brule, next year's kind of the year for them. This year's the year to kind of figure it all out. You know, last year was the year to kind of get in here and learn about the demands of being a student athlete and you're going to study hall and all the meetings and it's very overwhelming. And now this year is a year, okay, well, you learned all that. Let me go see if you can play a little football. And then next year is the year where you kind of challenge for a spot on the two deep. But uh, I, I like the depth at linebacker. I like the talent at linebacker. Uh, wish we probably would have signed one more last year. But uh, when you get into this thing, you begin to kind of feel good about it. You know, Tim Washington's a guy last year, if you had told me Tim Washington would end up being, uh, you know, a, a, a guy you could really count on uh, as a Mike linebacker, I don't know that I would have expected that. You know, and but Tim had his jump year as a player. Now he's back as a senior. And so when you begin to think about this is a veteran group, largely comprised of seniors and juniors on your two deep. And you've got a lot of guys that played a lot of football. And then you've got some talented guys behind them that aren't being pressed into service because of the fact there's some experienced guys ahead of them. And so I think this group has been managed exceptionally well. From a recruiting standpoint, we've managed the room good. We've balanced it out pretty good. Yeah, you've got some seniors, but you've got some talented juniors right behind them. And then behind them, you've got some young guys. You've got some young guys that are, that are just kind of chomping at the bit uh, to get in there for their turn. And they will be able to kind of learn at a at a better pace rather than being thrown to the wolves. They will be able to learn to play SEC football at a more measured pace than uh, perhaps some other backers in this league. Uh, Tyler Dunning has transferred. Not not a shocker in any respected imagination. It's one of those kind of guys that, that tore his AC on high school. Just never really gained his burst back. Uh, showed up Mississippi State. Gave it a good effort. Just couldn't find a way to crack the lineup. So now we get into secondary, and, and I, you know, I think the corner group is a little bit undervalued. And you know, you know, the one thing, the bigger, the biggest concern that I have with the corner group is we don't have a Chris Rayford caliber guy. And what I mean by that, because Chris was never really a superstar, but Chris was good at everything. He he might be the best gunner in the history of the program as far as getting down there and covering front punts. I mean, that, he's maybe the gold standard. You know, it's uh, it's incredible. I don't know that we have anybody like that. But we also don't have that guy that has played both sides of the field, you know, the field or the boundary, and played some at free safety. I mean, Chris Rayford played just about every spot in our secondary. You don't have that guy anymore for the most part. Maurice Smitherman has kind of bounced around some, but but Mo is a corner all the way. So we know what we got in Cam Dantzler. You know, Cam's on the Jim Thorpe Award watch uh, watch list or whatever. He is a, an outstanding player. You know what you're going to get with him. This is probably his last year at Mississippi State. I suspect that he will come out and play this year. He became a father this past year. And, uh, you know, Cam is a guy that was draft eligible last year. Elected to come back. Uh, Terrell Buckley believes that he has a chance to, to play football for a long, long time. And so now it's about Cam going up a little bit. You know, Cam last year showed that he could handle the big responsibilities and draw the big receivers in this league and hold most of those guys down. 
And so you feel good about him, and Maurice Smitherman might be the hardest working kid on the team. There are so many people that will tell you. If you ask about most Smitherman, they say this is a guy that watches a ton of film, does a ton of work on his own. This is a guy that wants to, to get it done. And uh, Moses Sr., so it's, a, it's the money year for him. He's also an unbelievably humble kid. He'll do whatever you want him to do. And so you feel really good about those guys as your front-line guys. I thought last year when most of them had to be pressed into service when Jamal Peters was hurt, I thought the defense actually played better with Smitherman out there. And that's not to throw shade at Jamal Peters. I love Jamal. I think I think Jamal gave us everything he had. But I think things just – I think for some reason the chemistry might have been a little bit better, and maybe it's because of the fact that Smitherman spent so much time at safety. I don't know. But I do know this. It just – it it's just kind of like Elijah Magnum being back in lineup. Like even when he goes 0 for 4, the team is better. That's kind of how it felt with, with Mo. I, I think there's just simply some symmetry – within that group when he is in a secondary. And so you feel really good about those first two guys. And then you've got Tyler Williams back there, who I also think will be a star. And uh, he'll, you know, he'll be he's first up, you know, in, in the rotation. And, uh, you know, and he, I think he's a starter in 2020. Long, physical, smart player. Corey Charles is a guy that's bounced around. And uh, quite frankly, I think the coaching change was good for him. I, I think Dan Mullen and them were probably ready to, to you know, to, to throw him back. And then he gets a fresh start and then uh, makes move back to corner and, and, and made some plays last year for us. And maybe he's found a home there and, and can stay. Torrey Dixon's a guy that walked on, but, he, again, kind of a special teams guy, another guy that uh, can make some things happen, but largely is a reserve and probably a special teamer. And But the younger guys, what's interesting to me, Jalen Reed, Asagas Verge. I had a lot of people tell me last year, had it been a different year for Mississippi State if we didn't have as much experience last year, those guys would have played a lot more. And not necessarily out of necessity, but just we we didn't want to burn the redshirt year when you know for a few extra snaps. And so again, you you got some great frontline guys, but the experience level behind them is a little bit questionable. Got some talent, just not a lot of SEC reps under their belt. And so the main thing that's got to happen at corners, they got to stay healthy. They, they, they got to stay healthy because I guarantee you this, if we ever have to have a corner leave the field, the very next play is going to be a fade to his side. You know, I and mean, that's just that's just how it works. Very unforgiving league. And so uh, expect those guys to play well, but also too, there needs we got to develop some depth there. There's got to be some guys that can come in there and play. Uh, and, and again, you know, and we'll see what these newcomers do. You know, that's one of the things we forget sometimes is, you know, you got some reinforcements coming in. So uh, interesting group, to say the least. Very, very interesting group at corner. Now, the safety group, and there are a lot of people out there, you know, the people that don't know Mississippi State football, that'll say, man, what are they going to do with safety without Abram? And I'll tell you, uh, I don't know what we do out there without Abram in that respect because I, the main thing is just, you know, this Jonathan Abram, the game of football just comes real naturally for him. You know, he is a guy that could diagnose a play and then beat the guy to the spot. And when you go back, you know, I watched the Egg Bowl recently, and you go back and watch that, Jonathan Abram was everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And there were times that they throw a little ball out there in a the flat, 
and they think they've got numbers, they think they've got leverage, and they're going to be able to get a guy in space. And then Abram shows up out of nowhere, and it's a it's a you know a play for no gain, or it's a loss of one or whatever. It's it's incredible. That's what I think you miss. But also too, his voice in the huddle. Because so many people out there, they'll tell you he inspires such confidence in his teammates, and he's also really funny. And so in those big moments, he kind of keeps everybody relaxed and keeps them light. And that's what good leaders do. So that's what we're going to really miss. As far as playmakers, oh, we've got those. That's one of the things that uh, I think about this Mississippi State defense, that uh, you know, the casual college football observer, they're going to look at this group and say, well, you know, without Abram, they've got to take a huge step back. We're, we're not taking a big step back. We've got some guys that can play. Now, we don't have a Jonathan Abram. Understand that. We do not have a first-round draft pick bonafide All-American safety at Mississippi State this year. We don't. don't. I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. That doesn't mean that we're not going to be really good at safety because we are. Uh, Marcus Murphy's kind of bounced around a little bit. This is a guy. This will be the jump year for Marcus because next year he's going to be a starter, 2020. He's going to be a starter in 2020. So this year, you know, he's got to rotate in, got to figure some things out. It's been a difficult year in the offseason for him. You know, those of you that are aware of his situation with his family, it's been a difficult year. Lost his mom. He's got he's got a kid that's been um, got some serious, you know, some serious issues, okay? And so my hope is Marcus can put it together and then you know, maybe next year have a big year and get on out of here. Uh, but Marcus is a guy that uh, we, we expect a big year from. Now, the the starters out there, yeah, listen, I'm just going to get you ready. Okay, that, that group – is going to be Jaquarius Capri Landrews out of Macomb, Mississippi. And go back and watch that Texas A&M game. Jaquarius Landrews was a nightmare for the Aggies. He was absolutely everywhere. He was in their face. He was rushing their quarterback, getting his, getting his hands in passing lanes, batting balls down. He was playing like a man possessed. You're going to see him regularly this year. He'll be out there a lot. Sean Preston Jr. redshirted last year. He's another another guy. Expect him to get some reps, but I think because of the talent in front of him, next year's the year for him. 2020's the year, you know, for him to kind of make a name for himself. But this is the year for him to kind of figure it out. C.J. Morgan was among you know among the top turnover type players on the team. He seemed like he's always creating a turnover, always around the football. Uh, this is the guy that started for us, his, I guess his first college start against University of Alabama on the road in Tuscaloosa. And they tested him and tested him and tested him, and he made the play every time. This is a great player. He's a junior. And uh, you know, he, this is the guy that, that has some SEC snaps under his belt. And then you'll have Brian Cole out there as nickel. And I don't think anybody expected Brian Cole to still be here. I think a lot of people build him as a one and done. Then, of course, he has the academic red shirt, and he gets hurt last year. And now he's back. He's healthy. Uh, he's got his degree, and so this is the money year for Brian. And so when I th- if we're going to try Jaquarius Landrews and Brian Cole and, and C.J. Morgan out there, I am perfectly okay with that group. Again, not an All-American first-round draft pick in that group, but, you know, I, I think Jaquarius Landrews and Brian Cole are going to play football next year professionally. So you, you can put two seniors and a junior, all of which have SEC starts under their belt out there at safety. Hey, let's go. Let's go play. Because I think that group, along with most of them in the Cam Dancer, we, we can play with anybody in the country. Anybody in the country. We've got some speed back there, folks. Some absolute speed. Do you remember Brian Cole coming free? 
out, out of the nickel position on that fire. We bring him as a blitzer. How disruptive he is. We forget that because he was injured the second half of the year. And that's when we ended up moving, you know, moving John Abram around a little bit and putting C.J. Morgan in the ball game. So you're going to have some really good safety there. Fred Peters in the mix. Fred is similar in a skill set to John Abram, just not as explosive quite yet. Hadn't played in the football yet. Not the talker at John Abram, but, you know, he's another guy that will be, be in the mix this year. And so you've got athleticism and you've got experience in the secondary. So when you begin to kind of put this thing together, because we can spend the whole day crying about defensive tackle, saying, well, you know, we, we lost too many people. What are we going to do? Every other personnel group you look at and say, you know what, we got a chance to be as good and in some cases better than some of the guys last year. Right? Aren't we going to be better at corner this year? I, I, I think we will be. I, I think collectively at safety – we can be good. And again, we don't have a superstar back there in John Abram, and I'm not going to sit here and say we do. But we've got some guys out there that are professional football prospects. And so when I think about this defense, it, it excites me to think about not only this year but the next year. Because there are a lot of people out there just like reminiscent of the 2018 baseball team. And we go to Omaha in 18, and then the next year everybody's like, well, that was kind of a fluke. They won't be back. And you know what? We went back to Omaha. And it's like the people, you know, per, you know, if you look at this thing from 35,000 square feet and say, hey, listen, hey, Steve, they lost three first-round draft picks. They're going to take a step back. You know what? I'll agree with that. That doesn't mean we're going to be rebuilding on defense. Got some, some very talented returning players. Yes, we have a lot of inexperience at defensive tackle, but we have a lot of talent at defensive end, and many of those guys have a lot of SEC snaps under their belt. We've got probably as athletic a linebacking core as we have had in many, many years this year. We didn't lose a single linebacker off of last year's team, and that's the number one, one, number one defense in the country. And then we're going to return some guys in the secondary. We're going to lose John Abram. But you know, collectively, I think we feel really good about what we look like in the secondary. Just got to build some depth at corner. So when you read the when you read the Athlon previews and you read these articles from people that have never attended a Mississippi State football game, take all that with a grain of salt, okay? Just kind of go ahead and be prepared. There are going to be people that are going to tell you, well, you know, that you know they don't have Joe Simmons, so they're going to be terrible again. You know, listen, Mississippi State's been very good on defense even in lean years, and with Bob Sheep as our defensive coordinator, uh, he will have a game plan ready to get these guys ready to play. And listen, there, there are going to be some matchups that are not advantageous to Mississippi State. But I don't think that we're going to be a team that people are going to make a living throwing football against. And the bottom line, we're, what we're going to have to be, be mindful of is when we get in situations when teams that can run on the interior force us to have the safeties kind of get downhill and play a little tighter to the line of scrimmage, and we have to leave our corners out there one-on-one, and are we then susceptible to the play action. And so a lot of moving parts to this, but I think we can feel good about where we are and again, I'll tell you, if I had to call it today, I think it's an 8-4 and four regular season, and then we'll see how things go in the bowl picture. But all that said, and I don't know if you know this interesting stat of Mississippi State. Mississippi State outscored opponents by 200 points last year, despite the fact that we didn't have much of an offense. We outscored them by 200 points because we were able to keep them holding down on defense. And so if we can put up a similar number and maybe a, a similar scoring margin, 
because we're better on offense, I think it takes a lot of pressure off the of defense. But it's going to be a good group. It's going to be a very good group. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. We'll be back on uh, Monday. I can't promise you four shows next week, but um, we'll have a good time. We'll have a good time. We'll begin to kind of preview SEC media days. And kind of, you know, Monday will kind of be, you know, what what should we expect to learn at SEC media days around the league? What are the, what are the kind of the burning topics? And then, of course, you know, we'll have what we'll have Joe on Wednesday. So we'll talk about some of that. And we'll kind of, you know, look ahead. And next thing you know, man, a couple of weeks now, we're going to be uh, ready to, to write a practice report for you guys. And so I encourage you to, if you hadn't done so, go to StarkVillains.com. Order yourself a Stark Villain shirt because – that's who you are. Go ahead and identify with the brand. When you read the book, you're going to be happy to identify as a Stark villain because uh, we have been a fly in the ointment for decades, and we will continue to be. So go ahead and let people know where you stand. Order a Stark villain shirt today. Again, at StarkVillains.com. And come join us over at JeansPage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate of 247 Sports Network. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.